Hello there, boxing fans around the world. Thanks for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. And uh, I see we have an awful lot of boxers with something to say. Talk and fight, as it were. Uh, let's start off with... Um, should we start off with... Shakur Stevenson. Mm, yeah, okay, sure. Gervonta Tank Davis shared late last year that his desired hit list in 2023 is headed by undisputed lightweight champion Devin Haney and Shakur Stevenson, says Manuk Ayupkin in BoxingScene.com. The former two-division titleist Stevenson is ready for all of the smoke, and he compared the potential all Southpaw Super Slugfest to one of the biggest sporting spectacles in the world. He said, that's the next big fight against Davis. That's the Super Bowl, Stevenson said. For sure, I'm very confident I beat everybody. Stevenson, who's 20-0 with uh, 10 knockouts, and Davis, who's 29-0 with 27 knockouts, have previously sparred with one another, and the 2016 United States Olympic silver medalist remembered how it unfolded. It was like a chess match. It was more like a thinking game between me and Tank, said Stevenson. I like fighting Southpaws. I think he said in one of his interviews that he doesn't like fighting Southpaws, and it was good for me. And just one with just one fight under his belt at lightweight, it appears Stevenson will have to earn his place in the 135-pound pecking order as his profile continues to be built. Top-ranked stablemate Vasily Lomachenko could also be a potential next foe for Stevenson. A date with Devin Haney would appear to be unlikely, though, at least this year. Regardless of what next for Stevenson, he already has lofty goals set for himself. He says, I'm going to be a Hall of Famer, one of the best boxers that ever lived. I want to join the Muhammad Ali, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, Floyd Mayweather Jr., Andre Ward of the world. I want to join them and get my spot and legacy like they got their spot and solidify it. I've really been focused lately on my September 22nd unanimous dedication win against Robson Kancheko. I really feel like uh, focus went all the way up to a new level. So uh, that's a little bit uh, about Shakur Stevenson who also says he's leaning in the direction of Terence Crawford coming out victorious against Errol Spence Jr. on July 29th. The big fight we mentioned, Shakur sees the Spence vs. Crawford undisputed welterweight championship as a fight similar to the Sugar Ray Leonard Marvin Hagler mega fight in the 1980s with two strong punchers going at it from start to finish. He says uh, in an article written by Sean Jones over boxnews24.com, Stevenson doesn't see this matchup ending in a robbery because someone will lose in conclusive manner, he says. Spence, 28-0, will be coming off a long 15-month layoff, and he'll put his IBF, WBA, WBC, 147-pound straps at stake. For his part, Crawford will have his WBO belt online. Crawford fought last December, stopping David Amnesium. We still haven't heard the final outcome, though, of the boxing glove controversy. Uh, in the sixth round, his last high-level fight, Crawford has won two years ago against Sean Barton in 2021. Crawford is turning 36 in September, and it's difficult to say how much he has, been, he has left because he's been plagued by inactivity since 2020. 
Hmm. Yeah, I've been telling people. I didn't tell people when they asked me. I'm like, hey, you know, a lot of people were mad that that fight didn't happen. But I told people fights don't happen when they're supposed to happen. If it didn't happen, it just wasn't meant to be at that time, said Shakur Stevenson uh, about the Errol Spence Jr. versus Terrence Crawford clash. I got a lot of love for Errol Spence. He continues. I got a lot of uh, a lot of tremendous amount of love for my brother Terence Crawford. I'm rocking with my brother Bud, but nothing but love and respect for Errol. I can't wait to watch the fight. It's going to be a classic. I think it's going to be something like Leonard Hagler. It's going to be an amazing fight to watch with two high skill level fighters. Uh, I think he's a master of the basics. And like you master what he does, like if you watch Gerald fight and if you pay attention to how he fights, watch how many jabs you throw. I don't know, but nobody throws as many jabs as Errol Spence. I think with him, it's all around throwback fighter. That's how I look at him. Like when they say words like throwback fighter and they're just putting on everybody. But I think Bud is like a true throwback fighter. He reminds me of the like Tommy Hearns type of fighter. Adam Baskin, BoxingNews24.com, has this to say. Terrence Crawford's already looking beyond his July 29th undisputed welterweight championship fight against IBF, WBA, WBC champ Earl Spence Jr. toward a hoped-for title shot against Jermel Charlo at 154. Crawford, as I said, is 39-0 with 30 knockouts. Doesn't like some of the sass he's been getting from the undisputed junior middleweight champ Charlo, who's 35-1-1, by the way, since he started first calling out Spence, who is a stable mate in Texas and shares the same trainer, Derek James. The trash talk in Charlo has been given Crawford that he's been giving Crawford has gotten to the point where the Omaha, Nebraska native has placed him as his number one target after he deals with the oft-injured Spence, 28-0, by the way. Unfortunately, the 32-year-old Jermel has disappeared from active duty and dropped off the grid like his twin brother, Jermal. He hasn't fought in over a year, dealing with a broken hand that is taking forever to heal. The sanctioning bodies would be doing a good service for the contenders at 154 and 160 if they stripped the Charlotte brothers of their titles to give some of the able-bodied fighters a chance to fight for those belts and make life-changing money. When Charlotte does return to the ring, he's got the unbeaten knockout artist Tim Sayu waiting for him, ready to take his four belts and send him back into another long spell of inactivity. Given how long Jermel has been out of the ring, Sayu might blast him out, take his straps, and possibly end his career if he disappears again. For some odd reason, once I moved up in weight and started calling out Errol Spence, that's the stablemate he jumped on. I'm like, dude, mind your business, stay on the sidelines. You can be like Spence, my guy. When I beat him, I'm coming to see you, said Terrence Crawford about him uh, wanting to take on the undisputed junior middleweight champ, Jermel Charlo, next after he faces Errol Spence on July 29th. Uh, don't be. Spence is going to be, sorry, don't be like, Spence is going to knock you out. We're smoking bud over here and all that. That's girl stuff. We don't want that shit. I was, I was cool with Charlo at one point. I was always cool with those guys. Uh, Crawford should forget about Charlo and folks on Spence, however. 
says this author, because those two will be fighting twice this year in big money fights. If Crawford emerges victorious, he can move up to 154 and take on whoever holds the belts, be it Jermel or Tsayu. Let's move along to the British scene. Richard Riakpour has beaten Chris Billum-Smith before. Now he wants to fight him again for Billum-Smith's newly won WBO world title. Riakpour took a split decision victory over Billum-Smith over 10 rounds in 2019 and remains the only professional fighter to have beaten Billum-Smith. Riakpour is undefeated himself, and his most recent victory against Krzysztof Glawacki has put him in the frame for his own world title shot. He wants uh, that to come against uh, Riakpour. That doesn't make sense. He wants that to come against Riakpour. That's big, and that's how we kind of envisioned the rematch, on that stage at that level. What better time? The time is now. Why not? Riakpour told Sky Sports. So let's just see how it pans out. We're going to have to have some meetings next week, and we're going to have to see what happens. He added, though, I don't want to take nothing away from CBS. CBS, you've done something amazing. You beat an an undefeated champion, and in that fashion, a few knockdowns, you won won clearly. And uh, Billum Smith, not uh, CBS, the uh, television station. You have to gain him respect, or his due. I don't want to come out and rain down on his braid as well, because it's his night. But of course, we want to let him enjoy that, and then we can talk some business. Riakport, though, did mention he would be a harder fight for Billum Smith. If anybody knows me, they know I have much more to my game than Okoli anyway, Riakport said. I have good IQ now. I know what I'm doing. I have experience. He'd have to deal with a lot more than just trying to take me away, uh, take away my my right hand, he says. My last, uh, let's say, four fights, I'd probably knock them I probably knocked them out with my left hand. So that's something else you need to think about. But he knows Bill Smith's unique will to win makes him formidable. He did look hurt, but he really wanted to get it done. And with that W, he was ready to do whatever. I could see it in his eyes. I could see it in his demeanor. I could see it in his body language. It was his night, Riakpur said. Speaking of CBS, let's move along to what I promised you all today, and that is the knockouts of the year, according to CBS Boxing. Let's start off back in January when Liam Smith knocked out Chris Eubank Jr. on January 21st. Uh, Eubank's team was quick to say they uh, did activate the rematch clause for the fight, and the pair expected to rematch later in 2023. Uh, we then saw Alexis Roca just defeat uh, uh, George Ashey back on January 28th. Um, after the win, Roca called for a fight with Terrence Bott Crawford. And one month later, the WBO ordered the matchup, putting Roca in position for the biggest fight of his career. Then we saw Maurizio Lara classically defeat Lee Wood back on February 18th. Given Wood entered as a WBA featherweight champ, he had a rematch clause baked into the contract, and Wood said after the fight that he absolutely wanted a rematch. Got it and won, by the way, as we all know. Uh, Eduardo Nunez defeated Jesus Martin Caia on March 4th. 
uh, wasn't on anybody's radar, but that didn't stop Nunez from using it to cement himself in the conversation for knockout of the year. In the second round, Nunez hopped forward and unloaded a right hand that immediately put Cage to sleep. The knockout was Nunez's 24th, maintaining his 100% career knockout rate while handing Keisha his first defeat of his professional career. Let's not forget about Diego Pacheco defeating Jack Cullen back on March 11th. Uh, some knockouts come by one big shot, others by accumulation of punches. Pacheco finished off Cullen, uh, fall firmly in the latter camp because first of a brutal left hand to the body, which put Cullen on the canvas. Cullen managed to get back on his feet, but rather than go back to the body, Pacheco threw a five-punch combo to the head that crumbled Cullen. Wow. <laughs> Didn't see that one, but what a description. Then there was Brian Mendoza, who defeated Sebastian Fandora back on April 8th. Um, uh, wow. Fandora's reckless style of disregarding his massive physical advantage at six foot six allowed Mendoza to land a cracking hook and right hand to put Fandora on the canvas for one of the most shocking knockouts of the year as a massive underdog. Remember that fight? Yes. Then David Morel defeated Yamaguchi Falcoa April 22nd. The Cuban fighter showed no hesitation to let his punches go despite the tragedy of the Yerbanis Lee fight. It took less than one round for Morel to drop Falcoa twice, the second of which left Falcoa out cold on the canvas. Gervonta Davis defeating Ryan Garcia. It definitely one of the biggest fights of the year. Davis faced off with Garcia in a blockbuster event. The fight was competitive, as we all know. Uh, both young fighters looking to land big shots. It was Davis who struck first, dropping Garcia hard with the left hand to the second. In the second round, Garcia was able to quickly return to his feet and fight on. But it was clear Davis's power was simply too much for Garcia. That proved out in round seven when Davis landed a sharp left to, uh, to Garcia's body, the liver shot caused a delayed knockdown, and Garcia was unable to get to his feet as a referee counted to 10. And now, Junto Nakatani, who defeated Andrew Maloney on May 20th, just a week or two ago, going up to 115 pounds. Nakatani was quick to make a big splash against the longtime top contender in Andrew Maloney. Nakatani, a former flyweight champion, dominated the fight from the jump, outboxing Maloney and dropping him after a series of uppercuts. Again, Maloney continued to try and find a way to make things work against a man who was heavy, a heavier hitter and a better boxer, but his corner was on the verge of stopping the fight before allowing their fighter to go out for the 12th and final round. That proved to be a mistake as Nakatani unloaded a massive right hand that put Maloney to sleep in the clubhouse leader for knockout of the year. Now, there you go, boxing fans. One quick uh, little... Update here, Justice Hooney is set uh, to make his U.S. debut. The WBO number 14 heavyweight Justice Hooney, 7-0 by the way, four knockouts, will be in action when he travels to the USA to clash with Andrew Tabiti, who's 20-1, 16 knockouts, over 10 rounds on the undercard of the WBC super lightweight uh, champion card between Regis Progress and Daniel To uh, Zirillo at the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans. Huni was uh, last in action, outpointing Kikitoa Lutelli uh, last November, and Tabiti was last seen stopping James Wilson in five rounds last August. A uh, quick little update on Teddy Atlas, who we reported on the other day. 
uh, with respect to his initiative. Uh, you know, he's been around a while. He was a protege of Customato. He is, uh, he worked with uh, teenager Mike Tyson. Wow. He gave memorable corner speeches. He provided the soundtrack to a generation of fans on Friday Night Fights. And these days, he's morphed into the senior conscience of a tortured sport, um, says Lyle Fitzsimmons on BoxingScene.com. The 66-year-old, the signature host of The Fight with Teddy Atlas, the podcast, um, is making news and renewed calls for a federal boxing commission in the aftermath of controversial judging in the late uh, uh, De Devin Haney-Lomachenko fight and equally suspect refereeing in the Romero-Barrasso fight. His petition so far has picked up thousands of signatures within the first 24 hours, and uh, his uh, podcast is going through the roof too. He says he's gotten 136 views uh, as of Monday afternoon. Uh, so he's hoping to make quite an impact in the sport and hopes that uh, you know the Federal Boxing Commission get involved uh, to take uh, some kind of leadership role with respect to judging in the sport. Uh, that, my friends, hey, Ox. Uh, so that's my friend Alex Hamer down in Philadelphia. Hey, Graham. I like Bud a whole lot. He has very uh, high boxing IQ, yes. Having said that, Terrence Bud Crawford is a big welterweight. Oh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. We look forward to that fight as well. All right, uh, boxing fans, thanks for joining me around the world. Appreciate it very much. Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. We'll see you later on at 4 p.m. Eastern time when I join Mike Orr and Cedric Ben for their show, Knuckle Up.